0: See me stretching? Can stretch them legs. Kick, stretch, and kick. This is my hey man, just to let you know, we can talk about this now, but not on the not on the actual episode. This is just gonna be preview or you know, pre pre episode crap. This is my birthday episode.
1: Happy birthday. Is yes. it being released on your episode?
0: on my episode it will be re, it, it will be released it will be, be re- sung on, on my release on birthday birthday yeah no it's gonna birth. be the day after but day still after. close enough, close you enough. Know? I mean I'm I'll, I'll take it happy birthday to Seth Aww. happy
1: birthday to Seth thank you happy birthday Lear Seth Lear Seth <laughs> happy birthday dear Seth
0: <laughs> what song are we doing <laughs>
1: Welcome to Lyrics To Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule until now. I'm Mark, and I'm here with the birthday boy himself. I can't. (laughs) Why is it every time we go to record, my mouth ceases to work? We're here with the birthday boy himself. Seth, how are you? It takes a second for it
0: to kick in. A lot of ths, a lot of fs. When I get when I when I do tours, a lot of the times it I'll be going over things that I've said a thousand times, and I have to wait for my, I guess the way my uncle would say, you got to wait for your ass to catch up with your mouth, or your mouth to catch up with your ass. I'm sorry, even you, there, even me, even Even, me. I got shivers. I got shivers all over. I get these sometimes when I know we're going to be doing songs that I'm excited about. I am, but I don't know. Also, because I've got this time here with you, we get mm-hmm. to talk seriously mm-hmm. and lightly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, an amalgamation. A little bit of everything for everyone. Exactly. And this week, um, I'm very excited. This is a song that I love so much. We are not here to trash it. We are no. here to unpack it.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, there will probably be a little <clears throat> bit of trashing going on. It's not yeah. as far as the song is concerned, but the lyrics... ...are very problematic. Yes. Um, and, but, uh, you know, it's it seems like the boat has rocked both ways on this one. Yeah. I also want to go ahead and just get this straight out of the gate. This song was technically not released as a single in any English-speaking countries. We are kind of breaking our rule here. But you know it. But if you haven't heard this song, I don't know what the... I, always, I think I always say, if you ever heard this song, you've been living under a rock. And I would say the same thing about this one. We are doing... Uh, our second Rolling Stone song, we are doing Under My
0: Thumb. After Brown Sugar, this one's going to hurt more.
1: It, well, yeah, Brown Sugar, yeah. also very problematic. This song, also very problematic. Um, as I mentioned, there has been a little bit of going on uh, with uh, it is problematic. It isn't. I think it. I think it's hard to say that it, I, I, I think that it is wrong to say it's not problematic. It, it is. It definitely is. Um, and uh, we'll talk about a couple of different people's attempt at making it not problematic um we've already talked about the history of the rolling stones this is from the album aftermath um so mark real quick please how you feeling i'm feeling good i'm ready for the race today i I am ready for the race today have a good week I had a
0: decent week. Yeah, good Very show. busy. Good show. Mm-hmm. Good show. I know you haven't asked, but I've had a great week as well. I was a lot just of going to really great, really wonderful things. Maybe I'll talk to you about them later. I can't talk about it on the air. Have happened. Um, no, nobody's pregnant. Um, but I, uh, I, I've had other things that were not so. It's it's been it's been a week of life. Let's just put it that way. But back to the stones. When I told my wife, as I was walking out the door, she my said. Wife what song are you doing? And I went under my thumb and she went, Oh no. (laughs) Mark, tell me about aftermath.
1: Um, So as far as um, you know, where this lands um, this, uh, this is the last album um, that was recorded with Brian Jones. Yes. Who unfortunately was found dead in his pool um a short while after
0: this uh, was recorded in a house owned by previously owned by a.a. A. Milne, who is the man who wrote winnie the pooh <laughs> oh i did Little not fact i did that not know that of, yeah that I is not that's that. true that's absolutely true
1: um but uh yeah so uh he is the person that's playing the marimba that's uh the thing that you're hearing uh throughout <laughs> the song that's kind of playing that hook yeah and whenever they played live um they would play that on guitar uh, like a normal boring ass rock band um but on the on the album we're lucky to get um some Brian Jones marimba also some Bill Wyman fuzz bass yeah which sounds killer it does sounds very very great in the song the music to the song other than being kind of boring with just back and forth between verse and chorus it's a it's a jammer. It's kind of that a marimba kind of northern is everything. soul sound. And that Marimba It really is. He was kind of like the Swiss army knife of the band. He played a bunch of different instruments and um in a band where you have Keith Richards already playing guitar, um, you know, you don't necessarily need two guitars all the time. So it was nice for him to be able to kind of stretch his legs a little bit and, and play a little something extra on everything. Um so uh, a couple things that we can talk about the song one that i i was so seth gets here today and i i say you just sit down you motherfuck and i just make him sit down and i say you look at the tv he pushed me i pushed i pushed <laughs> him hard on my bed and he thought i was going to ravish him That's and i hot. did However, I ravished him. I ravished his ears. Sonically. Sonically. So, this song, a a couple different things to talk about uh, with this song. Talk about that first, please. Okay. It's so good. So, well, I'll talk about a little something beforehand. Okay. When the famous, in the music world, the famous Redlands drug bust occurred um, and Mick and um, Keith were arrested for having some amphetamines and marijuana and they were arrested and put in jail overnight. The Who played this song uh, at a live concert and I was like, give me that version. I need to hear the Who doing under my fucking thumb. So I went on a search for it and of course the internet thinks, you're an idiot. You're looking for the Who doing under my thumb, but the Rolling Stones do it, not the Who. So it constantly just gave me live versions of the Rolling Stones doing it. About three quarters down the way on YouTube, I see a version of a band called Blind Faith doing Under My Thumb.
0: You are talking about it.
1: You yep. have, yeah, you're doing it. Go. Keep going. So, well, I I was given a little preface Pre-curving, to how pre- I got there because exactly. I wanted to, and I still want to oh, yeah. hear the who doing this. Oh, yeah. Blind Faith for the Uninitiated. I don't know if we've ever talked about them on this <clears throat> podcast. I know that we sometimes get off on these musical tangents because Seth and I are, are huge music lovers. This is a huge part of the show. I love these. Um, Was a, a super group. And when I say super group, I mean, this <laughs> really was the cream. Was was called The Cream because they were the cream of the crop. Two members of The Cream are in this band. Ginger Baker, the drummer of The Cream, and a couple of other bands, Air Force. Mm -hmm. um, A uh, world-renowned rock and roll drummer, jazz drummer, and piece of shit. He would
0: say jazz drummer. Yeah,
1: he is is known for being a giant asshole. Yeah, he is. Eric Clapton, also an asshole, but a, you know top guitar whether or not you like him or whatever you want to say about him a top guitarist as far as changing uh, he's inspired many guitarists he is a great guitarist like it or don't steve winwood <laughs> from traffic and a number of other bands i love 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 spencer davis group yes um Stevie if you ever hear uh, Gimme Some Lovin', okay. that's him singing that song.
0: You ever heard that song? A lot of people might have heard row with it, baby. That's yes. him in the 80s. Yes. In the that was late him, 80s. That was him bad. That was that and it's still <laughs> and it's fantastic. Still
1: um so him with his bluesy voice doing a version of this, and I'm I i can not remember who played bass, but it was kind of one of those situations where like the bassist was just um no ego, just playing very, very solid bass and letting the three of them do their thing, doing a halftime version of this song.
0: I like it more than the Rolling Stones version. It's it's, the minute that I've always liked. I played Mark a version that is on uh, a live album that they did after Aftermath. That was, I think it was a performance from them in like 65 or 66. That is excellent. The album is called Got Live If You Want It. Looks like it says Got Live If You Want It. Um, but it's all live versions. They do a really excellent version of Not Fade Away on there. Um, but the the album opens with what I thought was my favorite version of the song. Them playing it like double speed. And it it's really fast. And it's good. I love it a lot. And that was my favorite version up until about 15 minutes ago. When you hear the glorious, glorious, beautiful, as Mark would say, dulcet tones of Stevie <laughs> Winwood, who sounded, who sounds still like he was born and raised in Memphis, it's so. The good. man is a treasure. I mean, that voice is just golden. Is, it's, it's is so, so beautiful,
1: so. So good. And it's got a little organ solo. They cut out some of the verses. Sounds like Corey Henry. Yeah. It, it? <laughs> it's, they cut out some of the verses. So it's like the first two verses and maybe the last two. They clearly had like re- rehearsed it like it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus. So it's easy to do. They kind of botched the ending. Um, they probably figured it out right before they went on stage. Maybe even like a who-esque doing it just to like do it. To pay it to you know to bring attention to something or whatever. However, it's it's fantastic. The Who version I have not found yet, but I am so if you
0: were to that. look this up on YouTube, how would you find it? What would you enter? I would look for "Under My Thumb" Blind
1: Faith. But there you go. I also am going to post this on the Facebook group. Actually, maybe today, just so I don't forget. Oh yeah. Um, but oh, oh, oh boy, and like just Steve Winwood. God, his fucking voice is so good, man. It's just hearing him sing this
0: shivers makes the cringy lyrics so much more palatable. Um oh, it I'd, sounds like he's singing directly to you, and it's warm and wonder. It's his voice is like a warm bowl of oatmeal. If I it's was getting arrested like and he was sing- if
1: he was singing my Miranda rights, I'd be like, "This is cool. Let's go. That's fine." Yeah, You honestly, you don't even have to put handcuffs on me because I'm just gonna sit right here. It would get super kinky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's why. I mean, yeah if he's if he's if he's the one talking, then we're good. um, aftermath, aftermath, yeah, do you want to say anything about aftermath? It
0: was their first record after they they kind of you know when the Beatles came out fresh out of the gate and took the world by storm, you know, starting in sixty three over in uh, <clears throat> sixty two sixty three over in Great Britain. Um, they kind of, the, the general public was taken aback by the fact that these guys were writing their own music, these little guys from Liverpool and doing their own songs and, and had kind of, you know, bust out onto the scene virtually by their own merits. The Rolling Stones were a little bit different in that they were obviously a London band hailed a little bit. A lot of people thought they had it easier just by the fact of the geography of the band. But they were known initially for playing, for being blues guys, for playing Mm -hmm. essentially the chess records catalog. This is not me going by notes. This is just what I know of them. And this is a fact. They, um, driven along by Brian Jones initially, uh, his love for Muddy Waters, the Otis Dixon music, uh, John Lee Hooker, things like that. And that's what they got by with. Not got by. that's That's how they came to the public consciousness. However, they really did take off with their first record that you would say was essentially their material, and that record was *Aftermath*. Mm. It was uh, it was very important, and it it is one of, in my opinion, the best Stones records. I think if you're gonna start with the Stones, you should probably start at that record. It's got it's got a lot of great songs on it, but uh, yeah, '65 a lot of po- problems uh, popped up in the post years. They had *Satanic Majesty's Request*. They went uh, in 67. They had another couple in between there, and then they were gone for a little while, came back with Let It Bleed. Um, A very important band. I don't want to go into this too deep because we talked about a lot of this back in our Brown Sugar episode, and I don't want to sound like a broken record to our longtime fans, but what else do we know? Brown Sugar released in 1971. Yeah. Uh, this was
1: released was in '66.
0: Sticky fingers, or was it Sticky uh, fingers? It was Sticky yep. fingers. Yeah.
1: So this this what they were problematic before they were problematic. Yeah. Um, they <laughs> it, This is not like they just had like a little bit of a a, a little bit of a spell. They were releasing uh, they were releasing iffy stuff for a while.
0: Well, this obviously I'm partially sprung from who it was. Um, in the beginning, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards were somewhat mild and tame. And the crazy man of the group, both figuratively and literally speaking, was Brian Jones. I don't know if you know this, Mark, but everything he touched, he got pregnant. Yeah. From the time he was 15 years old and essentially just treated women absolutely terribly. And I'm not saying that getting someone pregnant is treating them terribly. What I am saying is that having wanton children just for absolutely no reason and then leaving the women behind is highly questionable. Oh. <laughs> he, you, <laughs> questionable you know, you can give me all the circumstances you want. You've mm-hmm. obviously display, displayed a, a level of uh, carelessness. He had a strong seed. He definitely did that. And he spread it like Johnny Appleseed. (laughs) Uh, You want to get into the lyrics? I think we should just kind of get into
1: the lyrics. Let's get into the lyrics. Under my thumb, the girl who once had me down. Under my thumb, the girl who once pushed me around. It's down to me. The difference in the clothes she wears down to me. The change has come. She's under my thumb.
0: Ain't it the truth, babe? You know, I suppose if you were to just look at the title of the song, you could glean something unusual from it or questionable from it. Now, these days, I'm sure back then people, I'm not sure, I'm guessing, that people back then would say, under my thumb, it could... It could uh, bring up myriad possibilities. Now, these days, knowing what we know about songwriters and their egos, um, you could say, okay, we're either talking about a victim or an oppressor, right off the get-go, just from the title alone. Did you get that same thing? No. No? No. Well,
1: I mean, I. I it's interesting because I knew little... Bits and pieces of these lyrics. It can be very hard sometimes when I know some of the lyrics and don't know others. But um, I, I don't know if I really made it. I, I I try to take everything as a whole before I make a decision on it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I kind of listened and read the whole song. So, spoiler alert, it's not going to be telling necessarily this story for the whole song. Okay. This is, uh, this is to me, kind of the setup um and uh, well, I I'm guess... just
0: talking about the title. Oh, oh OK. Just the okay, title. Yeah. I mean, not even here in the song.
1: I mean, yeah. Under my
0: thumb. I mean, to have someone under your thumb is to be oppressing. Them. Yeah. Or being oppressed by you're speaking from, you know, the, the viewpoint. It just by seeing the title alone, you could probably get that. This is going to be about someone being oppressed or someone that's, you know, that's pushing down one well, or the other. I mean, well, I mean, under my thumb tells
1: me that. It's, it's under my thumb, depending, I guess, on yeah. the uh, if it's in first person or third person it, that's or what, what have I'm, you, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I always took
0: it as me, the person doing the singing. And I think that's someone's what, under my thumb. And I think we're accurate in assuming that in this case. And it's the first line that we deal with under my thumb. Um, the girl who once had me down, she's, you know, uh, it, it, automatically that screams vindictiveness. Right mm-hmm. from the get-go.
1: Oh, for sure. yeah.
0: And I mean, um,
1: you know, I think uh, there was a interview um, with in 1984 where Mick Jagger explained the whole idea was that I was under her and she was kicking me around. Mm. So the whole idea is absurd. All I did was turn the tables around. <laughs> so women took that to be against femininity when in reality it was trying to, quote, get back
0: against being a repressed male. Here we have a common theme that seems to be popping up over and over when we discuss songs on Lyrics To Go, and that is revisionist history. (laughs) They seem to just come up with, you know, oh, oh, that's not what I really meant, you know, constantly. And I can totally, if you know anything about Mick Jagger, I can totally see that. I think he gave excuses for brown sugar kind of like this. That's not what I originally meant. Of course, then many years later, he leaves, you know, lyrics out of the song. Not as vicious. I mean, not as, I don't know. Are, Are they as bad? Is there, they, put them up against each other. Are, are they, these against are these as brown, bad sugar. As brown sugar? Are they, I think the brown sugar's worse. <sighs> I mean, uh, actually, let's ask that question at the end of the episode when we've gone through them. Yeah, yeah. because it mm. gets into some uh,
1: it gets into some sketchy territory here. So, I mean, with this first part, we, we, what we're basically getting is what's going to be in in the narrator's eyes justification um, for what is to come that uh you know she had me down and she pushed me around um so it's kind of saying you know yeah she may be under my thumb now but she was the bossy one first kind of like he pushed me first so it's okay that i pushed him let's not mention the fact that he fell into an alligator's mouth (laughs) but you know i had i had the okay to push him because he pushed me Mm -hmm. Um, so we kind of get this setup of, um, you know, yeah, she's under my thumb. But she once had me down when she once pushed me around. Now it's down to me. The difference in the clothes she wears, down to me. Like it goes, the, those decisions are being made all the way down to the clothes she wears. Those decisions are made by him. Sounds a bit childish, doesn't it? Sounds a little weird. Yeah, it sounds uh, a bit
0: childish. You know, like oh, she, you,
1: she did it first. And, and the fact that it ends with, ain't it the truth, babe, is kind of like, tell him. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Go on. Tell him. You were there. Tell him about how you were a Didn't piece she? of shit. And now I got you doing whatever I want. Didn't she? Um, so then we have the second verse. Under my thumb, them thumb them is a squirming dog who's just had, just had her day. Had Under my, my thumb, thumb, a girl who has just changed just her ways. Her ways. It's down to me. Yes, it is. The way she does just what she's told. Down to me. The change has come. She's under my thumb. Ah, ah, it's all right. Mm. So,
0: my, how the tables have turned. Just went from child to sadistic sadistic dickhead in 0.3 seconds. I have two words for these two people. Marriage counseling. <laughs> I, I'd I'd go so far as to say it's over. It's 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 over. Just it should skip be. the counseling. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean we're going from she had him down and she pushed him around to she's a squirming dog, and this is not the fir- the old the last time that he'll be referring to her as an animal. Um, in this song, by the way, again a spoiler alert: who's just had her day
0: a girl who has just changed her ways. If if she's a dog, if you if you're looking to her, I mean and we all know how much people love their dogs now these days, In strollers, but the kids are on (laughs) leashes, Seth. (laughs) This topsy-turvy world. Thank you for your recent most 2020 imitation of any comedian out there. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, But, I mean, if you're you're thinking of her as... What's the deal with kids on (laughs) leashes and the dogs are on strollers? Have you seen these airline peanuts? If If you really, you know, at the time dog is a pejorative yeah oh yeah maybe not i mean well it, and i mean a squirming dog a squirming dog i mean that's then what that, the that fuck gives are you even a... around for yeah you've got a beautiful melody you got brian playing a marimba come up with something else you got the fuzzy bass yeah you yeah. know come on do you need to fuzzy does it
1: yes boy you should have known <laughs> by now yes fizzy fuzzy big and buzzy um. So yeah, I mean, and then uh, you know, it's done to me. Yes, it is the way she does just what she's told. So now it's like, God, man, this this woman is has no autonomy. We're 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 getting to to slave market level. We're getting yeah, to, kind yeah, of yeah. We're I getting mean, to some problematic stuff. Yeah. Under my thumb is a Siamese cat of a girl. Under my thumb she's the sweetest pet in the world it's down to me the way she talks when she's spoken to down to me the
0: change has come she's under my thumb you could almost take that that uh that verse right there you know you could almost if you you know I'm sure that there are a certain number of, not just girls, but people out there in the world, that if you were to describe them them as a cat, you know, I think cats are kind of smooth. Maybe it's not the worst thing that you could possibly say. If you were to describe someone as catty, you know, it means that they're kind of vindictive and and petty. Um, In this case, I don't think that it's it's necessarily looking down, and it might be a little bit, uh, you know... It could be taken the wrong way, definitely. However, I always found it just a little bit odd whenever anyone, and the British seem to do this a lot, just from my observation, that whenever anyone refers to anyone as a pet, it is that is problematic. It sends up a red flag. Not saying that you're looking for marriage counseling at that point, but when, they, when, the, when that term is overused, oh, pet, you know, it's, uh, it, you've definitely got a view of that person as, as I think, at that point, less than. Well, I mean, you know, let me first read from the uh, from the
1: book of Genius, uh, the only annotation that I've uh, read off so far. Siamese cats are known for their aristocratic appearance and mannerisms. This analogy adds depth to our understanding of mix accomplishment, it says. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. And the accomplishment being transforming an arrogant woman. <laughs> Um, so, you know, seems to be of the, uh, of the opinion that the Siamese cat analogy is trying to say that this is a woman who exudes, um, you know, aristocracy, royalty, royalty. Um, I will still maintain that referring to, you know, when I think of calling someone a pet, the first thing I think of, of course, is, uh, Steve Urkel. Played by Jaleel oh. White saying, Don't fret my pet. Yeah. Um, to uh the love of his life. What was her name Laura? I think was it was it Laura. Laura. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. I, the love of his life, not the love of her. I yeah. don't blame you. Yeah. Talk about problematic. Um, but you know, I, I don't think there's really any way to make this not pretty pretty problematic to refer to a woman as your pet. Um, because I would say, you know, the thing about pets is that you own them and you're responsible for them and they do what they're told. Get off the couch. Problematic with this Stop uh, knocking that shit off my night table. <laughs> Don't shit there.
0: Which is the most amusing thing. Um it, it, the, problematic in that the genius writer uh refers to it as an accomplishment. Like it's a game, like, oh, Mick wins, you know? Um and and, and, never, oh, the wording, and never the wording wording
1: that's given is of, of and, yeah, accomplishment.
0: And is, never wants to address the fact that that, that you know, this looking at it as, as a game of win and loss, you know, especially in dealing with a relationship, and not necessarily give and take, is it just shows the insight of this genius writer, and you know, basically why we rely on them so much for the, for their insight and how smart they are. That's a joke. You, <laughs> yeah. um, in case you haven't told that as a joke, what we are dealing with is someone who is
1: championing housebreaking a human being. <laughs> And that's that's very problematic. I smack her with the newspaper. Exactly. <laughs> yes. It's uh, it's not uh, also not a good look.
0: what really drives things home is if you are looking and reading along on Genius and you look at that annotation, he gives the a picture of what quite possibly be the most wor- the worst looking Siamese cat. Look like it ran face first into the sliding glass door. Well, I don't like to body shame cats. I don't, but, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. but it is not a
1: is not the most. Ex- when I was thinking of Siamese cats. I was not thinking this one is this cat is the Richard Belzer of Siamese cats. <laughs> um, and, you know, Richard Belzer was a, a big rip. I mean, yeah, I know he's he passed a good guy, recently, yeah. but, uh, and then of course the way she's taught the way she talks when she's spoken to. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, long gone, you know, we got to remember here that in the beginning we were dealing with the girl who once had me down. The girl who once pushed me around so here's the thing i mean it's great that she's not doing those things anymore she shouldn't have been she had no right to be bossy or pushy around to you in the first place but two wrongs don't make a right absolutely and so to start doing that now and kind of beating your chest and writing fucking 20 verses about how she's super submissive to you now is not i'm not amazed i'm not enthralled i'm not happy for
0: you look at what i made her do Oh, look at that. She almost speaks when she's spoken to down to me. I got her in the corner doing what I say. (laughs) And now, Mark. Yes. We've gone through almost the entire song. We've covered everything just about. And you've even said every line of the chorus. And we're not necessarily addressing this, but you just did on the last one. But in the other ones, we didn't address the second line of every chorus. It's different. It's, it's not following the typical chorus pattern of, of repeating the previous one when it comes to the second line, first one difference in the clothes she wears. Let's go over this. I, refer, I, I referred to that a little did bit. Did you? Yes. I mean, is it? Is he telling her what to wear? Yeah, I, I yeah, talked about Okay, you did. Way. All right. I, I, wanted, I did. You might want to edit that. I don't know. No, it's fine. Um, but uh, the way she does just what she's told, the second chorus, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, okay, I got her in the corner, you know, doing what I say. When I say she can crochet, that's now, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, otherwise, now. Now it's recess. Yeah, now it's recess. <laughs> and the way she talks when she's spoken to, this is these verses the, or these choruses
1: the only thing that's really changing are what she can or can't do in his control over
0: the Specificity her. of the demands Yes. By Mick Yeah. You know, I mean I don't know. Um, so then we get a little instrumental
1: break where we get to hear some marimba. Um, it's just kind of like a verse but without lyrics because I guess he just wanted a cool it for maybe you had to change her bedpan or something (laughs) Uh, so we jump right into it it's down to me oh yeah the way she talks when she's spoken to down to me the changes come she's under my thumb
0: now is this that fucking cut rate guitar solo um Uh, is this is this where it is I've kind of lost track a little bit i I think it may have been during that instrumental was it right out yeah it's right after the instrumental break yeah i um you know i listen to it and i'm trying to dig everything that i possibly can out of it like maybe he's playing it like this just as as to not to over to overshadow the the beauty of the marimba because it really like i said drives the song but what what a what a what an absolutely awful
1: yeah it's almost like a it's almost like a less a solo and more like a a hook on steroids yeah
0: and not uh, it's just it's bad well all right, enough about it
1: so uh you know the instrumental break um i should say during that right before it, he says take it easy babe i don't know why he's telling her to take it easy when he's being this fucking villainous monster
0: maybe it didn't have the same hit back in the 60s that it does now when you look at him and go take it easy you know um, now a, a lady will generally explode on you if you say, "Take it easy or relax." Oh and good, yeah, <laughs> yeah. good
1: for her. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing other than the second lines of the chorus, like you mentioned, that kind of gives some uh, some insight is some of these little blurbs of things he says. So the chorus after that that instrumental break that I just read has the same second line. However, after the chorus, he says, "Yeah, it feels all right to
0: who?" I'm I'm just gonna go out on a ledge here and say it's obviously just a hand it's mark. Just it's, him. it's just him. There's no one else that he's thinks that it feels all right. Lecter in this shit.
1: And then the fourth and last verse under my thumb. Her eyes are just kept to herself. Under my thumb, well I I can still look at someone else. It's down to me. Oh that's what I said. The way she talks when she's spoken to down to me, the changes come. She's
0: under my thumb. So if you didn't think that a squirming dog um or a you know pet cat pet cat or a girl that just changes her ways wasn't bad enough. In case those weren't bad analogies enough. Is this not the similes, most villainous? This is this is the most diabolical, this is Dr. Evil shit yes. right here. I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, I made well, uh, just on. a second ago, Let's, Hannibal Lecter I was gonna, line. I mean, we, we've re- we kind of.
1: This is. Go ahead. I mean, to call this Dr. Evil is to put too funny a point on it. That's, that is. that yeah. is. I mean, this is Mussolini shit. Mm. This is Pol Pot shit. To, to go through and to say some of the lines he said. And again, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like. I liken this to being like a fight that happens between two people where one of them is getting beat up and then they get on top of the other guy and start beating him up and don't stop. And it's like, okay, you got him back. And then it's like, okay, his feet, his face looks like hamburger now. Yeah. Okay. Now you're going to kill him. It's like, okay, she was shitty to you. That's, that's too bad, but holy
0: shit. I hate to say this, but it's very real. This oh, yeah. right here gives us insight into, and I believe this, and I love the music of these guys. It gives a, a real insight into the the brokenness of Mick Jagger. Yeah. It does. It really, really does, man. Well, you that's know, that's
1: just. And here's the thing, you know, not to talk over you, but like, I and I've said this about Kanye and I've said this about other people you can only be told how amazing you are for so long Mm -hmm. until it gets to your head. And, you know, though you have to worry about the, you know, well, you know, you have to worry about everybody. One of the people that I think tends to be scariest when it comes to things like sexual deviancy and like sexual, um, you know, molestation and things like that it, are people who are not used to being heard no because they take no as a challenge at first maybe and later on as how dare you how the fuck dare you say yeah. no to me yeah. and you know I think people with that level of um you know I'm just I'm I'm the shit it just gets to a point where it's like that level of ego yeah yeah and if anybody's gonna have that level of ego
0: It's your boy Mick. He's got three years at this point under his belt of of just girls screaming his name everywhere he goes. So, you know, it's going to have an effect. But that doesn't get that, that definitely doesn't make it an excuse. So many times we've mentioned, oh, it was a different time, or you have to put, you know, an artist into perspective. Well, we're doing it this time, but there's no excuse for it. I mean, no matter what time you're in, no matter what circumstance, if you're looking at somebody that you're supposed to be intimate with, that you're supposed to, you know, have a constructive life with or, or constructive time with, you just can't look down on them in this insip- insidious way. You know, it's it's not it's it's not good for anybody or the people around them. Or I mean, it's just it's kind of a shame that he had the fame that he did at this time. Yeah, it's true. Um, a couple of uh, and that's
1: it i mean we got the outro where he just keeps saying it's all right um a lot of it take it easy babes take it end. easy, babe. Yeah,
0: like yeah. reassuring her after she's had a crying fit because she's trapped in his basement you know <laughs> yeah take it we're easy. we we, we did not really easy. dissect it i don't think
1: we really need to but the end is basically the last verse is i can look at whoever the fuck i want to yeah and she's not allowed <gasps> to we didn't go that i mean do you have to i mean
0: i would think that it's all but you know written uh, on its face well but... i can still look at someone else i guarantee you, there are broken women out there that thought that that was cute that thought oh you know oh yeah you know, he's he's being a man he's just a man it's like tammy fucking Wynette. a man <laughs> is just a man you know yeah that. yeah yeah well we've
1: come a long way since then thank christ
0: um, a, a little ways since
1: then yeah <laughs> yeah fair enough um So a couple of other things to mention, I'm going to read a little bit from the, um, from the critical reception, uh, section of, uh, Wikipedia, um, 1978 retrospective review music critic, John Andrew prime noted under my thumb for having certain twists and turns, which rescued it from the doldrums, which I don't. No, uh, if I 100% agree, Um, a writer from the Salt Lake Tribune reflected that the Stones, this is the Stones at their offensive best, stating that the Stones had made Mm. important commentary quote on the mentality of a culture. What? Um, Right in someone from Boston Globe. How did he get that Referred to the song as being joyously
0: insecure revenge. Oh, hold on. Hold on. The guy, their offensive best. It's the Salt Lake Tribune. I said that. I know, but... I think that might <laughs> have something to do with it. <laughs> I'm enough. just saying, Salt Lake City. I mean, and please excuse me if you're listening from Salt Lake City. You're probably not one of those people from Salt Lake City if you're listening to this show. A writer um, from
1: the Courier Journal in 1971. This considered is the best one amongst quote the worst pictures of women, where sexual exploitation reaches unique heights. Unique heights. <laughs> That's a very I would good agree wording. very much. Yeah, um, a musician named Dave Downing noted the concerns raised, but considered stereotyping and oversimplification to be quote very difficult to avoid in rock music, calling it a piece of art, not a political doctrine. Who the fuck
0: is Dave Downing, and why doesn't he have his own Wikipedia? He's working page? at he's working at a car wash in uh in Holyoke, Texas, right now. I was going to say he's working at a Sonic in <laughs> yeah. Missouri. Yeah. yeah, um, uh, you know. Also calling under my thumb a piece of art, not a political doctrine. Um, yeah, I don't know. When the guy says, when the one says it takes certain twists and turns, I can't disagree with that more. I think it's straightforward. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm squashing the soul of another human being. There's no twists or turns. It's just what he's doing throughout the song. This is um, also in uh, the Wikipedia
1: article. The song is said to be an examination of a sexual power struggle in which Jagger's lyrics celebrate the success of finally having controlled and gained leverage over a previously pushy, dominating woman, savoring successful, I'm sorry, savoring the successful taming of the shrew and comparing the woman in question to a pet, a Siamese cat and a squirming dog. The lyrics provoked some negative reactions, especially amongst feminists who objected to what they took as the suppressive sexual politics of the male narrator. American humanities professor Camille Page, for example, reports that her admiration and defense of Under My Thumb marked the beginning of a rift between her and the radical feminists of the late 1960s. Um, Jagger later reflected in a 1995 interview with Rolling Stone, it's a bit of a jokey number, really. Mm -hmm. It's not really an anti-feminist song any more than any of the others. (laughs) Yes, it's a caricature, and it's in reply to a girl who was a very pushy woman. So if anybody's sitting there saying that this is not Mick Jagger talking about Mick Jagger, it's Mick Jagger talking about Mick Jagger. It's not what I meant. Fuck you. Now, the funny thing is, for many years, starting with the 1969 tour, Jagger changed the references of girl in the lyric to woman. (laughs) So that he, oh, I that mean, makes it all better. That <laughs> yeah. we're all good here. Yeah. I'm now saying what. So now I'm talking about dominating a woman who was once jerky to me, uh, and so we're all good here. He
0: changed the lyrics to Brown Sugar for a for a he couple did. of tours too. You know, so I mean, he recognizes that that sh- that there's there's problems in this shit. He knows it. Oh yeah, and and once again, just like you know, explaining it away. I think in uh, Brown
1: Sugar we talked about how he said, "Could I write this now? Probably no, not. No. Probably wouldn't write this now." And I was like good answer because
0: it wouldn't go well should have said you know b- 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 the same shouldn't thing i mean shouldn't have written it then <laughs> yeah i mean just god um but i do
1: you know i think that it's funny he's like it's not any more sexist than the other stuff and it's like yeah, exactly. That stuff is sexist too. <laughs> you know, it's like if you're gonna call this sexist, you gotta call it all sexist.
0: Yeah, you're right. <laughs> that last will. one that you did, whoever Camille Pages, I thought you were gonna say Camille Paglia for a second. <laughs> I was like, please <laughs> don't quote her on this show. No. Whoever she is, um, I would tend to disagree. I mean, just based this on, uh, based on the fact that I think you and I operate in the realm of reality, um, and not you know I'm gonna make some shit up just to throw it into my thesis or my doctrine or some sort of paper that I'm fucking writing. I would agree with everything that the guy, that, that, uh, not agree with, I would say that it's an accurate portrayal. It's just, it's just an explanation of what's, or a summation of what's going along in the song mm-hmm. until he uses the term ta- modern day taming of the shrew. Whereas I think maybe Shakespeare was trying to be a little bit more lighthearted and playful and maybe that's what Mick was shooting for. However, I think he revealed himself maybe not knowing it, yeah, you know, and uh, it gave us an insight into him that, you know, I think now these days we know is abundantly clear with, you know, the words to other songs and stuff like that, but this does, I think we've gotten to that point, and not the point that you might think, but the point of, at the beginning of the episode I said, which one's worse, you know, is it Brown Sugar, is it this one,
1: is there another one?
0: I don't know. Is is another one coming? Yeah. I mean <laughs> um, it might.
1: I mean between the two of them I would have to say um jeez. Um I I mean it's got to be brown sugar.
0: You still think so?
1: I think so cuz you're dealing you're dealing with 400 years of oppressive racism and rape. <laughs> and a bunch of other like uh, you know possibly very quite possibly rape yeah if not consensual sex between a master and a slave uh, of which is time, still which is very problematic e- bad still yeah. um but this is a close second
0: um i would you could almost almost make a defense that in brown sugar there's that verse where he sings about you know lady of the house getting what she's got you know and she's right. and she's going out and it's not necessarily you know the slave master out there forcing himself. This is the lady of the house getting something. So uh, you could give that as maybe a presentation. Well, wasn't of,
1: that the, the lady of the house having sex with a male slave? I mean, it's yes. I mean, it's still kind
0: of, but also terrible. Just it is also terrible. Hurts. But at the time, it would have been unthinkable. You know, for something like that to happen, you could maybe make a somewhat. You could. There's a case for. an uh, no, please. Can. Okay. <laughs> there's a case for, and please don't take this the wrong way. Of you could put a positive spin on well shit she wanted to fuck you know and she can just and I, who knows if it's I rape or you not you can
1: put a positive spin on this by saying like maybe the
0: wo- the woman stuck around so maybe she likes being tamed but that would be that would be um, a uh, passive aggressive type you know situation uh, or maybe some sort of victimhood uh, complex that the person has, and that's a bad thing. Of course, you also have. Well, sl- that's what I'm saying. We can I, go back and yeah, forth. I was going to say you can do, do that with any of it. Yeah, it's, we
1: can go. I, I think that brown sugar is. I think when, when this you, is this is not. I I I hate to choose one over the other because I'm my my view is kind of like I'll just have both because I don't want to say that brown sugar is worse to make it sound like this is good, but brown sugar there's uh, you
0: stir in the ingredient of slavery. There's the
1: same kind of domination here, except it's forced. Um, because it's dealing with slavery as opposed to this, where someone has the ability to leave if they want to, not to say that it's easy to leave, etc. as opposed to like slavery, which was 400 years of <laughs> hell. In the
0: former situation, it is, uh, uh, forced at the end of a whip. Yes. You know, so absolutely. yeah. Okay. So we can, I think resoundingly at this point say that brown sugar is worse.
1: So a couple of things to, to kind of clean up here. Uh, There is a guy, Jean-Michel Guizard, who did a uh, book about um, Bob Dylan, um, who has a very dumb take. (laughs) Um, He describes that in the blues tradition of which the Stones are the heirs, the guitar is the eternal companion of the bluesman, sometimes even personified such as Lucille, B.B. King's guitar, to which he dedicated a song. He argues that Under My Thumb extends this tradition. It's never about a real woman, he said, but simply about this instrument that the guitarist has to tame, which probably gets him into trouble at first, but which he finally manages to dominate with his fingertips under his thumb. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Okay. Hey, you should write annotations for genius. What? Why, this is the, why not? This is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever read. You
0: know, I would like to refer that man to the wonderful Andrew Hickey of History of Rock and Roll in 500 Songs that blues originally was not guitar-based. It was piano-driven. Mm-hmm. Please listen to the very important Andrew Hickey and learn something about music if you're going to write papers on him. Um, I will... Um, the last thing I really
1: have to say about this is... This is the song that was playing during the famous stabbing during Altamont, um, the death of Meredith Hunter, um, who pulled a gun on a hell's angel who ended up stabbing her. And in the video for Gimme Shelter, or I'm sorry, him. um, uh, And during uh, the video, um, you can hear them playing the song in the background.
0: While the scuffle and the skirmish takes place, if you watch the video uh, "Give Me Shelter," you can. They actually slow down and highlight, and they and they circle the knife as it is being plunged into mm-hmm. Meredith. He's wearing a green, what looks like you know '70s style uh, lapel suit, like vinyl you know suit from the, that you would have polyester suit that you would have seen from the '70s. He's got an afro, and they they blatantly flip and targeted this guy. Um, mm-hmm. Terrible thing. But it's definitely worth, uh, even if you're just watching it to learn about crowd dynamics. Uh, you should watch "Gimme Shelter" uh, just to learn about, you know, the power of a crowd and what the fuck it can do. It's 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 an eye opening. movie. Mick
1: Jagger, who can see the violence off stage, is you can hear him say instead of "It's all right," he says, "I pray that it's all right." Oh yeah, um, which yeah. is uh, a little, you know, giving you a little bit of shivers. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything. I mean, the song has been covered by loads of people,
0: um, including Blind Faith, including The Who, apparently. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to have to, if you have to listen to this song... Which I'd like to say that that marimba in the original is absolutely wonderful, and it sounds you've gotta great. You've got to hear the original. You've yeah. just got to
1: hear the... If you've never... I don't know how you haven't. If you've never heard the original, or if it's been a while, you should listen to the original. You should immediately go on YouTube and look up the Blind Faith version.
0: If I was just going to listen to this song now, after all of this, knowing what I know, uh, for the for the sake of enjoyment, I'm going back to Stevie every time. Um,
1: Wayne Gibson, Del Shannon... Del Shannon um, did this? Social Distortion. Eh. Uh, Kim Carnes did a version of this on Saturday Night Live. That would
0: um, probably be pretty To cool. name just a few. And Sam Kinnison sang a version of this. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. It was on that, bad. he did like a single of that, this being like the flip side of Wild Thing. I remember. <laughs> it, really, it was like the end of when you'd see Seven Inches in record stores, and that was one that came. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how are we going to score this? This is astronomical. This is, this is standard very setting. Uh, yes. This is this is this is tonight's the night level. We've reached new heights. We really have. This is as much as I love. This is probably my favorite song just to listen to that we've covered. That is going to get a higher, in my opinion, than nine score. I still love this song. It's a beautiful. It's an awesome song. The way he sounds when he's singing it. Um, to the to the marimba, to the music, this reaches unique heights. It does. Yeah, just what <laughs> as, the guy said in the Wikipedia, as the Courier Journal said in 1971. Yeah, it it reaches unique heights. It does. It really kind of does. Um, I'm gonna give this a a, a solid <laughs> 9.4. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it's, it's, it's one of the
1: highest. Uh, creepy.
0: It's creepy, man.
1: It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. I mean, and it evokes, you know, is it worse to keep someone under your control where they know that you're keeping them captive? Or is it worse, Seth, to make someone feel like they're free, but to ruin them mentally in such a way that they feel they can't leave? To drown them, so to speak. And to feel like they are free but they're not it's uh it's a question that everyone should consider at some point because that um that uh that that feeling of freedom when you don't really have freedom is a scary thing and i think that's kind of what our narrator here is doing can be nine point 9.5. Uh, 9. I knew you were going to be right near mine yeah. on this one. Yeah, it's almost just... almost matched yours because it's yeah. a damn good score. It's, I mean, the only thing that can get much worse than this is just like saying like, there's a woman locked in a cage, I under think... underneath my bed, and she thanks me every night. Like, it, you
0: know, your 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 words, I think, might be one of the most personal things that has been brought up here. Of is it better, is it worse when it's someone who is locked in a cage against their will a la misery, mm. you know, or is it worse when it's someone who is being drowned and suffocated thinking that, you know, what they're doing is noble. Maybe they're propping this person up and, oh, it's just the way he is, which, which is it's worse. It's Stockholm syndrome. And it, yeah, Stockholm, exactly. Which is worse, which is worse. And it really comes down to to a personal answer. It, it never more is a, it has a question been posed than it's just a have you been here? have you seen this? do you know what this is like? You know, can you empathize? How do you, how do you empathize with which side? You know, and, and and I think it would tell a lot. Um what about someone what answer that they'd give to that answer, to that question. Yeah. So, um yeah, it's All right. Um well, it's yeah. Wow. Uh, I didn't expect to feel like this. It's today. a heavy one. Yeah, yeah.
1: Let's go ahead and lighten it up with some dumb shit. <laughs> Next week, uh, we will be listening to Marcy's Playgrounds Sex and Candy. Welcomed. Absolutely welcomed. We've discussed it before. Kick for a back l- on the beach, put on the Sunnies, <laughs> get, get, catch a tan, and talk about
0: how dumb these fucking lyrics are. It's 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 fluff. It is. It fluff. is a big jar of Midwestern marshmallow. Fluff. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a Elvis has got a big
1: old fat fucking <laughs> butter knife in there and he's scooping it out to put it on top of his banana and peanut butter sandwich. Absolutely. It's the fluffiest fluff of all and time. And then he fired his 44
0: into the television. <laughs> and
1: there you are. Yeah. Um, anything you want to wind up with here, Seth? Yeah.
0: Um, get uh, we are. We are coming upon a very, very big two months for us. Mm. We're going to be We're going to be delving into something that we've talked about for a long time. Are you talking about police? prill? That is exactly what I am talking about. Oh. We're, we're going to be doing that. Now, that's just the beginning. Yeah, that's just the beginning of a very I'm going to I don't know about you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've kind of taken your approach in the last couple of months of just giving a cursory glance and then coming in here and saying what I feel you know and it's i think it's worked out um, great i used to really really study for these things and I'm, i actually went back and listened to some earlier episodes i'm very proud of where we've come yeah uh, in in you know from the last 2 years to now i think we've i think we've done a fantastic job that's just me i think you do uh, a great job as always on this show but we're getting to uh, a point where i think we're going to have to refine ourselves in tackling what we're going to do which is going to be 4 weeks of the police i'm very very excited about it Mark, I thought about something the other day when I was thinking about this show and what we've been doing. And I would make the case that what we're doing could almost be presented as if we were going to college, which I don't think you have ever done. Mm-mm. We could present this as like um, our, our thesis. Yeah. This is like our... This is our work. You know, this is... Our dissection of these lyrics is, is, has gotten, in my opinion, more and more scholarly and more and more insightful through the years. And I, I am really hoping... That we're gonna get, make it shine in the upcoming month. That's April, and then in May we've got some stuff coming up outside of Lyrics to Go. Um, we've got some shows mm-hmm. that I am proud to say that I am going to be involved Ooh. with now. Um, I'm gonna will elaborate more on this in the future as as far as the extent of my involvement in these shows. I'm gonna I, I am gonna say one thing. I'm gonna be part of the. Mark Davis conditioning team oh. because he's going he's to need fanning and hydration. I had my first practice with Merkit yesterday, and,
1: and I'm going to need all the fanning <laughs> and hydration and muscle relaxers I'm, and hydration,
0: energy bars, and energy bars, moral support. Yeah, um,
1: because it, it's going to be a workout. And
0: that is the May 12th and 13th uh, reunion shows at Nice Guys. Yes. I'm so sorry if we're hitting a nerve with some people out there that Ugh. couldn't get tickets for it because um, it sold out in just... I mean, it was just a flash flood of requests indeed, for uh, for tickets when that popped up. And if you didn't get them, I'm so sorry. But we have that coming up. I'm also playing with my family at our yearly uh, battery recharge Ooh, yes. at the Folk Fest. Yes, Can't wait for that. Going to make some uh, stuff. I'm wearing my... And I just like to hashtag I support my friends' businesses. Graveyard Screen Shift Printing Company. For those of you that need T-shirts... For your businesses, if you need anything screen printed, if you have a band and you want that band to have their name out there and look awesome at the t- same time. Or please. anything you want to put or, on a or shirt. Or if you just want to make a shirt that says, I'm fucking off- awesome. Or, or if maybe, you want to have a... Maybe a, lyrics to go shirts. Oh, we should. Th- we we got to talk. Maybe or if you want to have a big that. yellow T-shirt that says bullshit on it. Yeah. Like Steve Martin had. Absolutely. Um, you, know, uh, you, you know, just uh, a little blonde boy with a big yellow T-shirt that says bullshit on it um, <laughs> from the jerk. If you want anything like that, you need to get a hold of Joe and Jesse from Graveyard Shift Screen Printing. They have a website. Please check it out. Mark? Seth. This one has got me, has put put me in all the feels. It definitely has
1: yeah. me in the feels too. It's another one of those that I knew it was going to be iffy but boy, it. the more I read the lyrics, the angrier I got. Capital I-F. And thanks to you, dear listener. Uh, remember uh, Sex and Candy uh, next Monday and then after that, Police Pro where we'll be picking apart lyrics to four police songs throughout the month of april so i hope you like them and i hope you hate them <laughs> you're going to <laughs> hear some uh you know maybe you didn't realize what some of these lyrics were we have three songs currently on the docket we're gonna find a fourth before the end of the month um i've got one kind of kicking around in case we can't find another one that's <laughs> as action. audacious as the other ones but i'm sure you will so uh before next monday please go ahead and listen to Marcy's Playground hit song Sex and Candy and we will be back next Monday with more Lyrics to Go.
0: Somewhere between my mouth and your ears Some words got lost The idea wandered on